0: Was there ever a moment that you you felt, I don't know how to phrase this, you're such a brilliant human being. How did you figure out that this was the best possible way to lead? I'm sure you give thousands and thousands of, of speeches and seminars on how to lead, but how did you come up with, I don't want to call it the and endurance way, but how did you come up with, okay, this is how to lead a group of women to get to a common goal?
1: Oh, Joe, thank you. <clears throat> uh, by the way, all these questions are excellent. <clears throat> I could speak forever on that, but let me try to soundbite it.
0: Okay.
1: When I started coaching women for the first time, Joe, I was a disaster because mm. I was used to coaching men. Um, I, when I got the men's position at UNC, I was coaching the guys I played with. That was easy for me. I was their captain uh, when I graduated. I had no issue telling the men what to do. I did that as a captain. Uh, which I assume was one reason Marvin went in and said, you know, Mr. Kobe, hire Anson. He already coaches a team. And I was, I was coaching the team from the field. If someone wasn't going hundred percent, they heard from me immediately. And it wasn't like a gentle nudge, you know, and tap on the back, you know, (laughs) we have to raise our level. No. I mean, my language was aggressive and brutal. And they knew that if they didn't uh, basically toe the line, I was going to come after them. Uh, publicly, and it wasn't going to be pleasant. So I was a very aggressive uh, field leader. So for me, I was used to coaching men. And, you know, I'm cerebral. So, you know, I understood feminism in the early 70s. And the early 70s feminists were telling us that men and women are the same. There are only cultural influences that pushed us in different directions. I'm thinking, great. Gosh, what good news to find out men and women were the same. Because I was now going to have to coach both. So I was going to coach the women just like I did the men. Holy crap. Was that a disaster? And how did I realize this was a disaster? It just didn't work. So I'm so sorry, early 70s feminists. You're absolutely full of crap. We are not the same. We are absolutely different. And I am so sorry I listened to all that BS you were feeding us. And all of a sudden now my women are training me on how they wanna be coached and how they wanna be led. And it wasn't the way I was leading my men's team. Um, and so basically it was trial and error. Whatever didn't work, I dumped. And I'm not one of these guys that's, you know, so self-righteous that I think everything I do is, you know, tablets handed down from Mount Sinai. I know I'm very <laughs> self-critical. And so, yeah, if something didn't work, I would dump it immediately and then try something else until something finally worked. Because here's what's cool about athletics. Holy cow, do you know quickly whether or not what you're doing is working? Because your, your job review is a matter of public record. What happens? You're winning and you're losing. And the coolest thing is, yeah, everyone knows how I'm doing this year. My job is out there as a matter of public record. So, yeah, we're under incredible public scrutiny. So, for me, I just wanted to win. It's nothing complex. I wanted to win. So it was basically these extraordinary women that trained me on how they wanted to be treated. And they they trained me well, and they're still training me. I mean, so if I don't continue to evolve, because even the, yeah. the new generation of, of players is different than even your generation, yeah. Joe, yeah, and you just graduated, but they're yeah. all different. So I've got to figure out how I can lead them effectively. Uh, and honestly, uh, how do I learn to lead them effectively? Do I read a book? No.
0: You get on I TikTok, coach. Yeah, well,
1: I'm not even on. TikTok. We're learning
2: TikTok. We don't even know. Yeah. So you know, there you go.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know anything about TikTok either. But all I know is that it's certainly an influence in their lives. But I'm not going to go to that. I have to go to my sources, which are my kids themselves. And so when you know this, Joe, my leadership council is uh, my touchstone. And so I will ask them, what about this? What about that? What about this? And so they're going to give me feedback. No, Anson, that won't work. Yes, Anson, this will work. What about this? You know, so I'm basically they're helping me navigate wherever we are. So for me, uh, Joe, uh, um, it was making mistake after mistake. And uh, again, I'm, I have no arrogance about uh, that. I will change in a heartbeat um, because I just want to I want to win. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get there. And so for yeah. me, I'm now relying on you guys to train me. And then the other things, I think this is critical. And um, I don't want to underscore the value of this. You got to read.
0: Yep. You got to read
1: all the time. And you got to read everything. You can't just read, you know, the self-help books or, you know, whatever your interest is, or like my uh, tragic flaw in the old days was I just wanted to read biographies.
0: That's where I'm called in. I'm called in that.
1: Yep. No, and and I, I get, yeah, it's too, I was reading too many biographies yeah. And not that I don't enjoy them. I love biographies, um, but you've got to read everything. And so I do. I read absolutely everything I can. And any book from a man or woman I respect that's recommended to me, I jump into and I try to read. <clears throat> and then I have women I have huge admiration for. Uh, my female book list is assembled by Marsha McDermott, even though if she ever hears this, she's going to collapse and, you know, just collapse in a heap because she tells me she never wants me to ever tell anyone that.
0: Oh, no. She, she doesn't
1: want uh, for anyone to think that uh, she is responsible for me in in any way at all, because, of course, I'm a lightning rod of criticism. Yes. Across <laughs> the spectrum. I mean, if there's a more polarizing figure than me that's out there, certainly in the women's game, uh, please tell them, tell me who it is. And I'll gladly change places with them because uh, <clears throat> I am polarizing in that respect. And part of it is... Uh, I'm relatively unfiltered, uh, which certainly gets me into trouble. But then I think it benefits me because then, as you know, Joe, I'm trusted.
2: It's refreshing. Yes. I'm trusted by
1: my players. Yes. Because when they ask me a question, I don't BS them. I answer the question. Yeah, and then long-term they do trust me because I am transparent. uh, And as a result, I am trustworthy. Uh, And so I give Marsha full credit because the book she gives me to read are wonderful. And Marsha is a brilliant woman in her own right. She's a heck of a lot smarter than I am. And so the books she gives me uh, are excellent books that have shaped my thinking um, in a very positive way. And uh, honestly, the first book I read was given to me by my wife that helped me coach women. And that was uh, in a different voice by Carol Gilligan. And at the time I was under huge criticism because I was coming out publicly and saying, you know, men and women are different. And that's one of those things that you're buried for. I mean, that's one of the things that if I came out right now and publicly said it in this culture, I'd be canceled because you can't make statements like that because most of the feminist movement is still clinging to the fact that it's all nurture. So that's the way you raise people on how they think as to what they end up thinking. And of course, I don't believe that. I think it's certainly a combination of nature and nurture. Um, but I think there are gender differences and I'm, I'm certainly one that sure. has no issue declaring that there are, and what protects me, what protects me are the legacy of the young women I've trained. Um, very few of them will come in and say, no, 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 you know, he didn't uh, treat me the right way, or, you know, he was disingenuous and, because I think most of them, uh, <clears throat> and obviously a lot of it's based on playing time, um, <laughs> will, uh, you know, uh, protect me, uh, because, uh uh, I do try to tell them the truth.
2: Yeah. Well, I think what a lesson it is to learn to, as a man with your kind of success that you're constantly evolving. And that's a great lesson for us all to take away, but it also kind of segues into something we were curious, your opinion on, um, obviously this new NLI kind of situation going on with, uh, name, image, and likeness. Um, we're just, Curious, like, how do you think, I mean, obviously women's soccer, especially at UNC, I would say that there is a lot of status to it and especially in the state and nationally, how do you think that will affect sports generally, um, and specifically the women's game, um, now that you're, that's kind of an extra layer that you're kind of evolving with and having to be responsible for, I guess, um, it's something to consider, but also kind of falls in line again with your point about players being accountable and, uh um, knowing that they're in control of their own decision-making and it's not all these extra forces that are controlling Mm -hmm. them in a sense.
1: Yeah, another uh, very good question. Honestly, if I were to try to answer this completely honestly, I don't have a clue what's going (laughs) to happen. I know,
2: it is kind of a new topic that a lot of people don't have their bearings on.
1: But but here's what I speculate. I speculate the people with a great social media presence will benefit and and the ones without one will not um and so not that it takes any genius to make that kind of statement but i think that's the way it's going to work i think the revenue sports will still be uh in the forefront in terms of the potential for this because their visibility is greater and their cachet on their name image and likeness is probably going to be uh, uh bigger but i'm hearing there's a gymnast in in louisiana that's going to make a fortune because she's got TikTok you know,
2: queen. I think she's, yep. like a TikTok. she's got okay. millions of TikTok fans apparently.
1: Yep. So I think, you know, she's going to be able to cash in. Uh, and I think there are going to be a lot of other people uh, that have these extraordinary social media presences that'll be able to cash in. Um, I don't know how uh, much this will uh, dive into the women's soccer uh, culture, but obviously it will. And I think um, uh, there will be some people that can certainly make uh, some money. Uh, The stuff I've been reading has been interesting. I think uh, most of the experts that do try to uh, prognosticate about this are telling us that even though I think a lot of the athletes are dreaming for uh, sort of cash cows in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think they're gonna be shocked to find out that it's basically in the hundreds of dollars. And so I don't think it's gonna change uh, uh, too many lives, Uh, but I think it's gonna be a brave new world And the other thing that's gonna be kind of cool about this, because certainly with the the, women's soccer team uh, trying to have equal pay, they're gonna get to navigate their own equal pay now. Because here's what they're gonna get to see. They're gonna get to see what they are worth to some extent uh, in the free market. Because there's one thing to stand up and say, I believe in equal pay. The men, obviously, after a FIFA world event, are splitting this enormous cash reward uh, after a men's World Cup and the women's, I guess, ball is a lot smaller. Uh, What's going to happen with the collection of all of us who would love to see the women's game make a lot more money? Now it's going to sort of trickle down to the individual entrepreneur the new young woman that now has to market herself. <clears throat> and now they get to see the forces of capitalism. Now they get to see why equal pay probably isn't something that's gonna happen real quick, unless they found a billionaire that just wanted to do, lose all of his money by you know, paying women equally. Uh, Because, you know, within I don't know how many years it would take for, you know, a women's professional league or women's sports to drain a billionaire, maybe uh, Jeff Bezos could figure out a way to sustain equal pay, you know, until the women's game finally caught up uh, in uh, our capitalistic society. But there aren't too many billionaires that could sustain it for long. But I think what this will do, it'll have an interesting impact on that. Because then they're going to see the real challenge of uh, this sort of transparency, because then they are going to see what they're actually worth in the free market. And then what they're going to also see is they're going to see the forces that make the men's World Cup such a lucrative, uh, I guess, cash cow. And then I think they're going to have a greater appreciation for what we have to do to take the women's World Cup there. And there's so many different layers on this uh, where, you know, yeah. Do I love watching England play in the Euros? Yes. Do you know why? Because holy crap, do I love watching the EPL? So what do I love about the EPL? I think it's the best league in the world, but not only that, oh my gosh, are the color commentators great. And I could spend all day Saturday watching game after game after game. So am I going to turn on the Euros? You are damn straight. I'm going to turn them on. (laughs) Why am I turning them on? Well, because I have so much admiration for all these players that are playing for England. Why? Because I watch their league. So this whole structure of name, image, and likeness is going to be built on all these sort of capitalistic platforms that none of us that are inexperienced in the business world can appreciate yet. And I think that's what this is going to do for us in a very good way. It's going to show us what our real value is. And then where we have to work. Because one thing I'd love to do before I retire at UNC is I'd love to sell out this incredible jewel of a stadium I was given okay. by my administration and by the Loveman family and all of the incredibly generous Tar Heels that, that, that built it for me. <coughs> I would love to sell it out. <clears throat> That's gonna be my contribution. Uh, not so much the name imaging likeness, although it's, indirectly it is. That's gonna be my contribution to equal pay because I think what we have to do is we have to figure out within our own environments how to create equal pay. So how does equal pay work? Well, let's encourage all of our kids to go to The Courage and pay tickets to watch them play. They're only 25 minutes away from us. Let's get the local community to watch us play. Let's promote the women's game. Let's show them how exciting a women's game can be. And that's why I tell my kids this all the time. You know, If I hear you out there you know, beating the drum for equal pay and in your four years at unc you didn't spend one dime and drive over there to Kerry and pay for a ticket i'm going to call you out and i'm not on social media but i will make an, a special exception for you i'm going to call you out on social media for being such a hypocrite you wouldn't be a part of the structure and supporting it while you were here at unc but oh yes now that you're with a collection of people that are all screaming equal pay you're in the middle of this bandwagon, I am going to call you out. So either, you know, live both sides of that fence and start buying tickets right now and turning on all these women's games and supporting the women's game across the world. Or don't you open your mouth when you're out there, you know, in this group, pretending like you're now a big fan of equal pay. If you won't do the, you know, the, you know, the, the peasants work to make sure it's done in your community.
0: That's awesome. I, I am so happy. I was wanting to touch on that with you and you just went right there. So I'm super happy that, you know, I always love to pick your brain. I miss going into your office and picking your brain. So this is, I'm glad that you, you, you were able to uh, open up and me not have to ask you. Um, that's awesome. So kind of touching on, we've got the Olympics coming up. Where do you think the inter- international game is right now in terms of the competitive environment that they're in their individual player development, kind of the state of the international game and the, the U S in, in specific.
1: Well, I think the U S is in great shape. <clears throat> I think we still have to be favored. And I think if we did an N- NBA seven game <clears throat> advancement, <clears throat> we'd be yeah. Olympic gold medalists. Uh, the trouble is single elimination tournaments. Uh, The other trouble is referees. The other trouble is the penalty box where you can nick someone's ankle on the edge of the penalty box where there's no threat for a goal and all of a sudden there's a penalty kick. Or what happened, yeah, or VAR, exactly, thank you. Uh, Yeah, there are all sorts of different elements. Your
2: toenail's offside now, so it's offside.
1: Yeah, so so basically, I mean, the thing uh, that's scary about a single elimination event is we could certainly be eliminated. Um, So, but... I think that if, again, we were in the NBA and we played seven games uh, to advance in every round, we would be Olympic gold medalist. Doesn't mean we're going to be for all the reasons that you guys know, because you understand the game. Mm-hmm. So I still think we're the best team in the world. <clears throat> now, are there teams that are catching us? Yes, there are. Um, and one of the teams that are catching us is England. And it's interesting. One of the reasons England is catching us is because of why.
0: I can't wait
1: to watch this final between Italy and England. And who am I going to root for? I'm going to root for England because I am fans of that league. The FA women's super league is becoming a fabulous women's professional league. That's going to train all those English girls to not be afraid of Tobin Heath. anymore. we've talked
2: to a couple of them.
0: UNC Tar Heels. That's jumped on with us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I think this is going to be a game changer, which is why. We've got to similarly follow suit and make sure our league is embracing the best players in the world. Uh, And I'm so excited with Angel City FC. I'm so excited with the team in San Diego. I'm excited that people like Jill Ellis are jumping into leadership positions uh i'm excited that i just got a well actually i can't even mention that Yeah, Um, there's some things i can't mention Uh, but basically what's happening right now is the game is going to be growing in our league in a very positive way um but honestly uh i think the teams out there are getting better uh it's great to see if you look at the improvement in italy uh when they sort of jumped into the scene in uh, uh 2019 i was a part of uh playing against Italy back in the day when they were one of the best teams in the world. And it's Mm -hmm. such a pleasure for me now to see Italy come back. If they had a a goal score, they could have been in the uh, World Cup final. They were just missing one player. The rest of their players are elite. The same with Spain. If they had a goal score, they could have been in the final.
2: And look Uh, at the Dutch now. The Dutch are, I mean- The Dutch, yeah, and I'm
1: proud of that because the coach of the Dutch is a former player of mine. Serena Wegman, the uh, World Coach of the Year, played for me. Uh, so, uh, so for me, yeah, they're, they're catching up all over the world. And so, uh, yes, our hegemony is being threatened. Um, but it's a good thing because then we get to sort of reinvent ourselves. Uh, we get to you know, talk about this and we're doing some good things. I think Vladko was a great hire. I think Kate Markgraf uh, was a, a great hire. Uh, I think uh, a lot of good things are going on right now, Uh, and I think um, we have a lot of very positive leaders, and I think this is nothing but good, because I think with all these different pieces, we can have equal pay, Uh, but it's Mm got to be where everyone's working to promote the women's game, but also paying to watch the women's game, Uh, and I think uh, uh, this is going to be really good for, for all of us across the face of the earth.
0: I love that. So we like to, one, thank you for just sharing your wealth of knowledge in just so much. I learned I mean, there's so, just much. so much. You just got to let the man speak. You just got to let Absolutely. the most interesting man on earth speak. But ants, <laughs> we like to do a little rapid fire at the sure. end. Sure. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you gave up caffeine. Is that right? You don't drink caffeine, right?
1: Well, I don't mind caffeine, but, uh, the Mormon church is against, a. um, what are called hot drinks, coffee, uh, tea with yeah. stimulants, et cetera. So I'd uh, be
2: a bad Mormon. I drink a lot of hot drinks.
1: Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, we're allowed to drink Coke. There's caffeine in Coke. Okay, so
0: I'll alter my okay. question. So it was a favorite coffee drink and I knew you didn't drink coffee. So I'll alter it and I'll go your favorite caffeine drink.
1: Um,
2: huh. it keeps you going when you're tired.
1: Oh, well, it keeps you going. I don't need anything to keep me going. I that's am a life force. Just
2: Anson, just right, Anson. Anson. That's no, all. No, no, but Anson I'll tell you the
1: drinks I do like. I mean, I love a uh, uh, bi, coconut bi. Okay, yeah, that's a good uh, one. All right. it, it, AI. caffeine in that. Okay. Um, Melissa gets uh, um, honey, what's your drink? What's your soft drink? Maybe it's Mountain Dew or something.
0: Ah, lovely. It's a good. It's a good go-to. That's yeah, maybe
1: good. it's diet Mountain Dew, and I'll love jump it. into that. Classic. Um, yeah. but bye is my favorite drink, but also I drink, a uh, uh, tea, uh, herbal tea. Cause that is, uh, doesn't have caffeine apparently. Okay. So I love herbal tea. I love bye. I drink those, uh, basically all day and every day, every now and again, I'll slip into the fridge and grab one of Melissa's, uh, um, diet Mountain Dews. So those would be, my, those would be my three.
0: I love it. Okay. Describe yourself in three words.
1: Hmm. Oh, This gets
0: people. I know. The longest silence of Anson Dorrance's Mm. history. Three words. Three words. It's about to be so profound.
1: Positive. Optimistic. Mm. And aggressive. Perfect. Love it. Perfect
0: dance. Who is your favorite team to play?
1: I guess, uh, uh, Stanford.
0: Okay. It's a good, good answer. Current favorite takeout.
1: I am, uh, I was born in Bombay, India. <clears throat> I love Indian takeout. Um, if I wouldn't turn into a rhinoceros after a month, I would eat Indian every single day of my life.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I just, it's my favorite cuisine. I'm not embarrassed to admit it. It's very rich, but I absolutely love it.
0: Okay, your favorite or current te- uh, current television show you've recently binged? It's a mouthful.
1: Um, we are binging right now. Lilyhammer.
0: What is my that on?
1: That is a mob boss that turned uh, on his boss. Uh, and in the witness protection program, they asked him where he wanted to live, so they sent him to Lilyhammer because he really enjoyed watching the Winter Olympics when it was held there. And what it is is a clash of cultures. So this mob boss is now turning Lilyhammer into basically his mob scene, and the culture difference. I would love this. It's, a what's mob... it streamed on? What's, what's
0: it that? Stream... What is it streamed on? Like, is it Netflix? on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Okay. okay.
1: So Melissa and I are binging on that now and we're enjoying it to no end because the collision between the New York mob culture and the uh, Norwegian conservative, you know, frozen (laughs) wasteland of the North culture and Lilyhammer is just hilarious. So she and I are enjoying that to no end.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Okay. The last one, and we're altering it because obviously you're don't have a teammate right now. The most talented or one of your favorite players you've ever coached?
1: Oh, gosh, I wouldn't ever uh, narrow that down publicly. I know,
0: I know, I know. It was worth a shot. You never know. Well, I'll know tell
1: you this, about. and this is genuine. Uh, I genuinely love my kids. <clears throat> and in fact, I have to share this with you. One of my kids, and I'll leave you to figure it out, uh, called me one day and she was really frustrated with her pro coach. <clears throat> and um, of course, as you know, but as also as anyone knows, um, I will never put up with a player whining about their current coach. because they have to navigate that Uh, Mm -hmm. and if they don't navigate that they're never going to play so I am never going to be a part of the their personal narrative throwing their current coach under the bus because then they will never get on the field so I end up basically propping up uh, whatever criticism they have for their current coach but uh, one of my players said this to me and I cherish it so she calls me out and she's just you know fit to be tied and so she starts you know pouring out her uh, great dislike for her current coach.
0: Having an emotional catharsis, as I sometimes- Correct,
1: exactly right. So she's having this catharsis and she's sharing this with me. And she says, you know, Anson, uh, and this is a hilarious backhanded compliment. After I played for you, I thought I could play for anyone. In other words, (laughs) you were so hard on me. I didn't think there was a place or a coach in the world that I could go to where it would be, you know, any harder for me to play for. Yep. And I said, uh, compliment accepted, you know, cause I knew <laughs> what she was saying. She says, but when you criticize me I could still feel the love. Yep. And that really made me feel good that uh, when I was critical of her she knew that I still loved her. Cause it's true yeah. um, because you know, what's interesting and the players don't understand this until after they graduate. Um, you should be worried if I don't say anything to you in practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't waste my breath, it's meaning you don't have any potential. And Mm -hmm. if I am all over you in every single second of every practice, and the halftime talk is about whatever you didn't do in the first half, that means I think you have the prospect of doing all of that stuff better. So that is a form of my respect and love for you. Because yep. uh, oftentimes when a player is just overwhelmed with my criticism, I'll say, all right, and I'll pick, you know, whatever player on that year's roster, you know, will never play a minute. I'll say, "Do am I critical of so-and-so? Do you see me all over her? No. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. She will never help us. Yep. I'm all over you because I know where you can go, but you have to select to go there.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. So that's it through the criticism, I could feel your love. So yeah,
0: I, uh, I echo that hard. And that's something now that I'm, you know, kind of post everything I look back and the impact that you have had on my life has been, I I've cried multiple times on this episode, (laughs) so I don't want to cry again, but, um, you are truly an incredible coach, human being mentor. Um, you're you're the best, Aunt. So I really appreciate you um you hopping on with us. And I didn't cry, almost did, but um we really really He's everything you said,
1: Joe. He's as great as you said.
0: I, I so. told you I hype you up, Anson. I'm your number one hype person. And um
1: well, Joe, thank you. i uh, that means a lot to me. It really does. And keep in mind, uh, <clears throat> we're not done yet. Uh we're gonna be sending you stuff on a regular basis. We want you coming back for reunions as soon as you uh, are making a fortune. We want enormous alumni donation checks coming back oh, on.
0: you got it coach so you know we
1: we are you and I are connected for for the forever just so you know so please Good. keep coming back Good. by the way you guys are fun to talk to
2: and that's a wrap with the goat wow what an amazing conversation I mean I really don't think there's anybody in history that's had success at the level in which he has and uh He's still on that journey, and there's so much we can take away from it, even beyond soccer. Um, and I preferably love hearing about his mindset, just in all aspects of his life. But we move forward, and we thank Anson so much for his time. He's a very busy man, um, and we're excited. We have a new series coming up this week as an Olympic special. The U.S. are getting back into this, and I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. So check in next week. Watch Joe flex her coaching muscles. Um, And enjoy the journey with us. See you soon. Peace out. Swaps.